Hey babes, welcome to the Jade Paris podcast. I'm your host, Jade Paris, a sex, relationship, and manifestation coach living and working in LA. Together we're going to delve deep on all things sex, relationships, spirituality, and science. We will travel through the astrological calendar together and its tarot counterparts, and then ground all of that magic in science and psychology-based discussions to help you actually utilize this energy in your everyday life. This is all in service of helping you step into the next best version of yourself. This is a podcast of growth and development from the multidimensional intersection of sex, spirituality, and science. Are you ready? All right. Today on the episode, we are welcoming Britton Beckham. He is a shamanic sound healer. Uh, and why don't you introduce yourself, Britton? Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Britton, and uh, I got into sound healing about um, two and a half years ago, really interested in um, just the, the depth of experience that I felt in a sound bath, my very first sound bath, and that immediately got me curious. Um, and so when I started the path into um, sound healing, I sort of was looking for a mentor or a teacher and um, led me to a man uh, named Zakaya in Vermont, and I've been taking lessons from him. Uh, he's a shamanic sound healer. <clears throat> so I've been taking lessons from him for over, like about a year and a half now. Awesome guy. So that's my intro into, that's where, how I got into it. It's amazing though. Nice. And um, I guess we'll just dive right in. Uh, what has your own journey with it been like? Like, did you, you sat in your first sound bath? What was your own experience like in that moment? How, how much have, has it initiated your own healing in different ways? What drew yeah. you to become a healer yourself? Yeah. So, um, kind of the, the background is that before I got into sound healing, I was in a, a religion the Mormon religion and uh, didn't believe in magical anything, didn't believe in energy work, um, very much stuck to the doctrine of the church. And when we left the church over three years ago, I started opening my mind up to, you know, what, what are the possibilities of, uh, of the universe now without this box and container around my thinking. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, it was, it was intense. So immediately I began to, um, explore energy stuff and I went to a sound bath, that sound bath. Um, I had, you know, I, my, my background, I do have some background in music. Like I spent, um, I spent uh, four, four or five years practicing piano, like from a, from a teacher. Um, I was in a junior high band for a couple of years and then I started my own band. Um, I was the drummer, mm -hmm. so percussionist, you know, like, and I was in high school and stuff. Oh. So, so I did that, you know, and, and then I had like 20 years of almost like almost 20 years of doing nothing. <laughs> so I was out of it. And one day I was thinking, man, I, um, I need to like, I need to get tap into my creative side again. It's been so long since I was like writing music or whatever. And so, um, and so I thought to myself, oh, I need to get some sound bowls because I had liked sound healing so much and been going for almost a year, about like seven, eight months. And I was like, I just really need to get me some bowls, but they're super expensive. 
Um, yeah. A starting set, if you get a really cheap, cheap starting set, six, $700 on Amazon. But I wanted like, oh, wow. you know, I wanted like high quality bowls. Top of the line. I wanted, yeah, of course. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, yeah, they're not like the best, best, but um, so I wanted high quality bowls and I wanted the 432 hertz tuning. Um, and mm. so I ended up selling all, I needed some money. So I sold my, um, I sold my, my guns. And so I had several guns that I, you know, kept. Is <laughs> that just make Can we just pause for a second there and talk about how you sold your guns to buy healing sound bowls? I couldn't love that more. That's fantastic. It is super poetic, um, but uh, it just felt right. Yeah. It, was, it was one of those steps in my awakening yeah. journey where I was like, I'm never going to use these on people. I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm changing them in. What a shift. Yeah. So sold my guns and then I was able to get my set of bulls. I got like five bulls to start and then I got a uh, shamanic, like a native American drum. And Mm. like, I think one other thing I can't remember. So I had like just, just really basic setup and just slowly, but surely been Mm -hmm. adding. And I just got these two beauties uh, a week ago. So These are gongs from Grotta Sonora in Italy. Oh, wow. Beautiful gongs. So, yeah, anyway, I don't know we, where the, what the question was, but that's how I got into it. Um, you know, yeah. it, it was that first experience. Oh, yeah, that was what I was going to say. So I had all that musical background. And then um, when I went to my first sound bath, I had never felt that type of energy radiate from instruments mm-hmm. before. And so I was like, mm-hmm. how is it that I've been in da, 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 all my life and I never had an experience like this. So I was really blown away by that. And that's what captivated me initially. And I just kept going and um, experiencing sound bath every month that this guy was doing ends up being one of my, he's now a really good friend and, and like we work together in our sound healing. So. <laughs> oh, nice. That's amazing. And um, if you could explain for the listeners, kind of what sound healing is from a scientific or spiritual perspective. Um, I know you can probably describe both, but you can start whichever with whichever one you want. Like what does the experience of a sound healing or sitting in a sound bath do to the body, to the brain, all of those things. So um, let me start from the energetic spiritual perspective and then I'll talk about the science behind it. Yeah. So, Is that, there's a hiss happening. Yeah, I'm hearing it too. It's getting louder. Let's see. Yeah. There, it's gone. Oh, okay, perfect. I muted my mic and then unmuted it. I don't know if that was perfect, but okay. So I don't hear it anymore. Um, Yeah, so from from an energy standpoint, um, the, the instruments are tools to amplify the intention of the healer. Okay. So okay. what, what, what we're doing when I work with say my sound tools is to use my intention as a healer to create a specific mm-hmm. base for a person to heal themselves. Mm-hmm. And so okay. I use the sound tools, um, to amplify that intention or to, um, broadcast it in different ways. And then I can also use the tools to open up um, connections to other entities. 
So if I want to oh. invite ancestors to be there, or if I want to invite other beings to be there to help heal, I do that with, wow. with the instruments as well. So that's from an energy perspective, what I'm basically doing is moving my intention out to the person. If the person is then receiving it and open, they will feel that intention and they, mm -hmm. then allowing that intention to work within them, they actually love themselves. And that's the environment I want to create is that I really truly believe healing is done by the self. Um, and as a healer, mm -hmm. any healers are just creating an environment for that person to heal themselves. Yeah, just creating the space. Yeah. Wow. Right. So, so then when you, when you are doing say a group sound bath versus like a one-on-one -on -one healing, your intention is going to be different depending on what a person needs or what a group is yeah. looking for. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. in a group, typically what I'll do is I'll, I'll work to open a space up, um, so that mm -hmm. any experience that needs to be had can be. So that was my, that's usually my intention when I open a group. Because I don't know, I'm not able to sit with every, unless I've got a specific intention personally that I'm doing, like I'm hosting a specific experience for somebody or a group of people, yeah. then that would be different. But typically when I'm doing group sound baths, you know, it's like I'm opening up, you know, a portal and then I'm, I'm dedicating the space so that people can have the experience that they need to have, right? Um, right. And then, uh, and then for private sessions, I'll usually talk to a person before we start and get some information. I don't need to do that, but, mm -hmm. um, and yeah. then I can help them move energy around a thing or, you know, there's lots of yeah. ways to, to work with a person one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Like when we worked together, um, you, I remember I was just feeling like a lot of anxiety and you're like, I think I can help if you're open to it. Like, you know, I brought, what did you work with, with me? Uh, I was using my Tibetan the metal bowls, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, your Tibetan bowls. And I did have that experience of like my ancestors coming in and a lot of visuals and stuff. And that was, that was really incredible. And then walked away from our session like, oh my God, I'm totally fine now. <laughs> I feel fantastic. So it really, like I've experienced your magic. I've experienced, you know, how you work with people one-on-one -on -one and it, it's been really cool. Yeah. Um, and then I, I was interested in bringing the this conversation into this month's theme, which is it's cancer season. And so we're talking about intuition and subconscious healing and things like that. Yeah. How does sound healing work from that perspective? Because I know it can, it can affect your brain waves, right? Does it bring you into like a theta well, state? Yeah. So actually if I, answer the second half of the about the scientific standpoint and how yeah yeah let's go into that. i think it'll kind of answer a little bit of this question too mm -hmm. um so sound so there's so many types of sound and sound waves and frequencies and everything um yeah. there's a lot to talk about on cymatics and like how sound waves create three-dimensional ge geometries um mm. you know we we're taught in school and we think about sine wave, like a sine wave. And that's a really, really two dimensional look at a sound wave. I'm losing you for just a second. <clears throat> there you are. Okay. Okay. Am I there? Yeah. <laughs> so in sine waves, um, sine waves are like, you know, a two dimensional look at how sound propagates, but okay. you know, in the real world, we're in three dimensions and sound, 
create standing waves, and those standing waves can create three-dimensional geometries within mm -hmm. a room or a space. And those geometries is actually the energy that's um, that's really penetrating the, the person or the people that are listening. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> that's a little bit about how the the, the instruments will, will make sound. Because like we think about sound sound waves is like that, but it's it's not just this. It's it's three dimensions and it's geometries and patterns and really beautiful um, cymatics that occur. So. Very interesting stuff, but um, as a person is, so like I have different tools for different things. If I want to take a person mm -hmm. deep, then I would use tools that um, could have binaurals, which is basically like a third mm -hmm. interference wave. So I have two bowls. They're tuned to the same note, except they're only about seven, eight hertz apart. Okay. Oh, okay. It's an A sharp, third octave A sharp, and one is tuned to to the 432, 432 hertz uh, tuning, and the other one is to the 440. And just when I play those together, you'll get this really cool between them, and that's mm -hmm. kind of like the sound that takes over, and you kind of don't hear the other, you know, the bowl. So it's really cool, but that, um, that type of wave, which is, in this case, is like an alpha wave close to a theta wave, um, it will, uh, it will, entrain the frequency of the brain to the waveform and that causes the brain to slow down which is good because you want to get out of beta and when you're in when right. you're in when you're in beta you're awake right you're alert so mm -hmm. moving the yeah. brain into an alpha state um and then you know even deeper into theta states and stuff so that's, that is the goals when someone's down at that level, they're getting good restorative um, repair within the body and hopefully some visions or some connections to some of the things that they're mm -hmm. inquiring of the self. So um, yeah, that's, so, but then I can also use like a drum and I can break up stuff, but scientific, yeah, scientifically speaking, let me just go from that, is that these, um, these instruments can create those types of alpha waves, theta waves. Um, I don't have anything that does delta, but maybe these gongs might. <laughs> Haven't totally explored them. Uh. So there's some deep stuff for sure. I call these portal openers. They, they, they're beautiful. They're just, yeah. So scientifically, it's really cool because you're entraining the brain's um, uh, default mode network to basically go into like sleep. And so mm. you know, moving the person into an alpha state where they're receptive, and then into a theta state where they can start to tap into to the dream space, um, have visions. So many people have shared visions and dreams and connections with people. It's really, really neat. Yeah, yeah, that was what I experienced um, when we worked together was I had visuals and I wasn't expecting that. And so I was kind of like, a little bit thrown off by it. And then like, once I settled into it, it was like, Oh, okay, this is actually really cool. So would you say that it can almost induce a psychedelic kind of experience if you're in, um, in a specific brainwave state? Like if you're in theta, in a, it doesn't even need to be in a specific brainwave state, but yes, it can. I, okay. Like I had, okay. I remember um, many people have said that they see colors. I remember mm -hmm. um, being at a sound bath and seeing colors and 
my mind was trying to um the bowls are really cool so like when a bowl is played it the bowl will vibrate mm -hmm. this way and then it vibrates back and forth and it will oscillate between that vibration and as it's doing this okay. you get the it sounds like the bowl is changing its volume and direction okay mm -hmm. so it's, it's actually in training mm -hmm. it trains the brain too to like calm down it's kind of cool so when yeah. um when that happens I don't know where was I going. What was your question? Just is is it kind of inducing uh, almost a psychedelic like yeah. state yeah, when so you're that, when you're experiencing sound? Yeah. So sorry when the bowl is oscillating okay. back and forth like that and changing. Um, yeah. It it tends to you tend to think that the sound is actually moving around the room. So I don't know how to mm -hmm. other describe it otherwise, but it it does this effect where it's like it feels like the sound is moving in a three hundred and sixty degree rotation. Mm. Um, yeah, that's so what that, I experienced. That can induce the psychedelic um, states where people like see colors and fractals and things like that. So that's amazing. And as the healer, as you're playing these bowls or the gongs or whatever it is that you're working with, do you also feel it healing you? Does it take you to separate states? Like, what is what is it like on your side of things? Very good question. Because um, there's definitely times where I'm about to, to play and I'm like, man, I wish I was laying down and not, you know, playing. Um, oh, really? <laughs> oh. Um, just because sometimes I need, I need the healing, right? Um, but, uh, yeah. but what I um, want, I'll just kind of mention a story actually uh, just recently where I yeah. was having a group. It was Colin, actually. Colin and his wife were over. Um, oh, yeah. About nice. two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. And they, mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we were doing a sound bath, doing a group sound bath for him. And I said that. It's like, oh, I wish I was, I was laying on, on the couch with you guys because I really need a, I need a, a good sound healing right now. And, and then yeah. we played. And uh, I played and, and like, I was so in tune to my instruments. Each one of them taught me something that night. Like each mm. each instrument I played was like, "This is how you can do this." So I'll, I'll kind of describe as I was playing my sound bowls, and I'm just mm. I'm just like making everybody fall, you know, totally deep and asleep. And I'm playing it, and yeah. it's like you can write, you can write on this bowl as you play it. And I was like, huh? So it was like showing me that I can I can create symbols within as I'm playing like on the side of the bowl and project those those symbols out and I was like okay that's that's wow. tricky and so then it starts yeah. and then I started just intuitively writing some sort of symbols I knew nothing of and so it was really interesting to to have the bowl teach me like oh you can actually use your intention in this way which I hadn't before considered yeah so that's wild so you're kind of kind of channeling as you're doing it tapping oh, into collective sure. consciousness like yeah there's there's definitely a lot of channeling happening so yeah, yeah it's very exciting um, that's amazing so that's how i feel sometimes it's like yeah i would love to to be getting one but sometimes they teach me too and so at the end of that yeah. i felt like i got this beautiful sound bath myself even though I was okay there. amazing yeah so do you are you moving forward just going to be setting that intention every time you play 
Um, yeah, I'm just, well, I, I'm always trying to be humble, you know, and teachable. Um, there's so much that I learn, you know, each time, but, uh, and there's so many things to combine and to change. And, you know, like when I was using the Koshi chimes that night, it, it like taught mm -hmm. me the landscapes that each one of these Koshi chimes creates. So like a scene, if you will. And, um, wow. and the scene that I was feeling was confirmed by, by others. So it's just really neat how these things work at such a deep level with everybody present. Yeah. yeah. But it's all connected also. Yeah. Like everybody's having the same experience. Can be. That's yeah. I mean, sometimes they're yeah. in, yeah. Sometimes they're off in some other place, but a lot of times small mm -hmm. groups, I can have everybody pretty synced up. Wow. Um, and so I have a question also, um, bringing in the shamanic piece, mm -hmm. what does that mean? Shamanic sound healing specifically, what does that mean to you? What is, what does that look like? How does that work? Yeah. So a lot of it is about what I've been kind of talking about the whole time, which is, you know, from an okay. energy, from an energy perspective, there's, there's there's a, a huge difference when you're working with the intention and the subtle energy of the instruments and then connecting that with other entities and creating mm -hmm. space for healing in that way versus just um, playing the, me mechanically playing the instruments. Mechanically playing the instruments mm -hmm. can bring a lot of, of comfort and, and peace and, and that sort of thing. Um, but there is a there's a healer sort of energetic healer uh, shamanic value that comes from using these as a as a means of a magical device if that makes sense mm, okay. I, my instruments yeah, are magical, totally right so i use them i use them mm -hmm. to make magic and that's when i go in i'm using yeah. that as my mindset as a shaman is i'm a healer so i'm creating space for people to heal and the best way to do that is yeah. to um, let others heal through me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So channeling, yeah. channeling is a big part of it. Amazing. Okay. I think I have always had this question about what the word shamanic means in general, you know? So I love hearing it described in that way as the bowls are going to be the bowls, regardless of who's playing them. But when you have someone who's playing them, who is deeply spiritual, incredibly magic, connected to divine in various ways, that's going to completely change the entire experience because what those bowls are doing are actually magnifying your magic. Bingo. That's it. And I, I think you said it really well. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I, I never, you know, when I first started this, I didn't think anything about that type of stuff. Um, it was as I was learning yeah. from my shamanic mentor, um, and he's got so much to offer, just an unbelievably smart, been in, been in sound healing for 40 years. I bought most of my instruments yeah. from him. Um, but, uh, yeah, okay. just when you really work with someone, you can, it's just magical what happens and people love it. So yeah. I, I love, I love working in that way, in that capacity with the instruments and not just, it's like. Oh yeah, I make I make really nice sounds, and you know why don't you guys take a nice rest yeah. while I make the sounds? It's it's much deeper than that. 
Totally, yeah. And um, I have this random question that came through because I know you have been on such a journey, like from when you left the church to where you are now, you're, I'm guessing, a completely different person. Um, and yeah. and I know that through, through <laughs> yeah, would you agree? Um, I don't even recognize Through some that. of the conversation. <laughs> really? Wow. That's really magical. Um, through this work that you have done in the world and that has also healed you and changed you in different ways, how has that shown up in your relationship? Or has it shifted or healed anything for you in terms of your sexuality or things like that? Um, yes, to both of those things. I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with my partner, when we, when we left the church over three years ago, we, um, we still had a lot of relationship trauma that we were dealing with. And so the healing journey for us over the yeah. last uh, last while has been mostly focused on our individual and then the relationship. And there's been yeah. so many times where she's connected um, through my my sound. This one time actually, where she's been she's been on her awakening journey and watching her go through that. Um, I've just been so excited and like in lockstep with her. It's so funny because like she'll do something and pull herself forward and I'm like, oh shit, you know, like I, not in a competition way, but it's like my energy needs to match that now. And then I'll go, you know, yeah. and she gets, oh. so it's like this yin yang thing. It's been really beautiful, beautiful in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so uh, this one time <clears throat> she was trying to, she's been trying to like find her spiritual practice because like all through Mormonism, mm-hmm. she was never really actually into a practice she just kind of did the motions of mormonism right Mm -hmm. so um and so you know it's taken her time to heal her her god wound which by the way is she yeah Mm -hmm. it was really deep with her because she didn't she wanted to connect with a feminine god and she couldn't right in mormonism and um, right right so so she uh she's been she took some time away from spiritual practice after we left and then she went um started reading these books about witchcraft and understanding what it is to be a witch the celtic way and all so much stuff right and Mm -hmm. um yeah i'm gonna have her on the podcast too yeah (laughs) so as she was was stepping into her her witchness um it we Mm -hmm. we had this ritual because we like to do rituals and we had this ritual here and um is actually in this room and I, i played for her and essentially I called her witch in for her. Like I was using the sound of pull her down, this witch power into her. And she was having full body, like almost orgasmic convulsions when I, when this was happening, it was so cool. Yeah. And so, um, so I kind of helped her feel that power come in, right? Like I created that space for her. Um, but she's the one that pulled it in. Right. And mm-hmm. so it was really, it was a really beautiful experience, but that's how it's helped in our relationship. It's just like, um, you know, when she needs help, I can, I can be there to, to give her that space. Um, but we also use it a lot yeah. for ritual. So. That's amazing. I love that. Oh my gosh. And, um, 
as you kind of continue on with this, is this something that you want to be your purpose in the world? Like, I know you have like a sound bath coming up on the 19th, right? Uh, 18th. Yeah. I'm doing a show. Is that right? 18th. Yeah. Um, we'll have you talk about that so that the listeners can join in if they want. But, um, does this feel like you, like it moves you in that way? It does. Or is it um, just a piece to your, your whole being? Well, another part of my journey is that I left my career. Um, I left my career in okay. December. So I've only okay. recently been unemployed and uh, 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 handling some of my shadow stuff around finances and money and trying to really yeah. trust the universe in a different way than I have in the past. Um, mm. and so, yeah, that's been, that's been a challenge, uh, for sure. But <clears throat> sound, so is sound my way of making money? Not I mean, I don't make enough money from it to say that I make money from it. Um, but, uh, mm. but I suspect yeah. that will change in the future. Yeah. That's what you want to <laughs> yeah. I that will change. Um, I'm very interested in the ritual component of it and like how I can use mm. that. I mean, yeah, there's just so much to explore still. So, um, I'm, I, I have worked with many people, but nothing with consistency enough to like say, okay, I can replace my income for my last, for my old career. But I think I could get there. I think that, um, you know, part of the healing journey is finding your new space in what you do, because I don't mm -hmm. think awakened individuals can handle nine to five jobs. You know, that's just not, Agreed. you know, as part of our awakening, we just eventually have to say, no, I'm doing my own thing now. And so that's where yeah. I, I left my career and that was really hard. It's 22 years in software engineering yeah. and I'm now like, okay, so how do I embrace yeah. a new type of life and can I make enough money to sustain myself from it? Like there's so many questions and unresolved ideas I have around it, but we'll find out what happens. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like a lot of us who go through that transition of stepping away from the, you know, paradigm of nine to five or time for money or whatever that is, um, it's, it's really difficult because you suddenly have to rewire your brain to exist in a different way. And it's just, it's really jarring, especially with like, you know, the, the space in which we exist in late stage capitalism, where it's just like hustle culture is, you know, the most important thing. And you have oh, yeah. to always be going bigger, better, harder. And it's just like, we're all burnt the fuck out. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not, it's not a sustainable way of living, not sustainable, not healthy, also not human. Um, you know, mm -hmm. it's not, it's not moving with flow. There's just such an artificial component about a nine to five job and working for yeah. a big business and what's their motives and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And I was mm -hmm. never like before my, my awakening, like I was conservative, um, although I was socially more liberal. 
um, but fiscally a conservative mm-hmm. and, uh, and about and, and my values. And they've changed so drastically. Yeah. But where I find myself is like, you know, I, I want freedom for everybody. And more than the freedom that the right calls for, it's, it's the freedom of sovereignty, yeah. right? The freedom that everybody is yeah. capable of, of owning their own life. Um, and we yeah. need to move from a government like that is, I think the, the U.S. Constitution in, in its original uh, inception had a lot more freedom than it does today. Things have changed so much in our yeah, lives. For some people. <laughs> but the real freedom yeah. that I'd love to see us all have is um, not to have to go get a permit to build a, a thing in my backyard or, you know, like we just mm-hmm. live our lives how we want to live them and our neighbors don't fucking mm-hmm. care about, you know, what right. religion we're a part of. And like the world can find that love for each other through their own sovereignty. So that's what I yeah. am an advocate for. Um, I'm definitely mm-hmm. not I along the idea that we need more and more regulation or government law to, to make a happy earth. Um, I can see yeah. that that battle will never be won the way that we want it to. So, right. Yeah. And when we step outside the paradigm, all of this different stuff opens up for you and, and you're just like, Oh, I'm living life in a completely different way than, yeah. you know, most people are subscribed and it's, it's a fascinating journey for sure. It is. It's so fun. The journey of, of awakening is, it's, in, it's, it's so powerful because each story, each person's story is just amazing. It's magical. Um, I just read a book. Yeah. Have you heard of the book Becoming? Becoming. By, um, Az- uh, uh, it by it's by Benjamin and Azria. It's um it's a couple. It's just a couple. They have and they shared their journey together, and it's super magical oh, wow. to hear their journey and like actually Caroline and I want to do this too. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been thinking about writing yeah. that because <laughs> there's so much. Oh yeah, you absolutely should. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. So, um, but anyway, becoming is this just unique story of how two people had their awakening mm-hmm. journey and led them together. And then, and then when they got led together, like all the shit that they had to deal with their karma and their, um, and their, their own fears and all this stuff that they had to deal with together that amplified their relationship, all the fears that they had to confront, you know, when you confront a fear, you're like, Oh no, it's going to be the end of it. And and like, actually each time we've confronted a fear in our relationship, it's actually been this enhancement of our relationship. So anyway, super healing. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I think you two writing a book would be, incredible because the the journey that you've been on from from the extreme conditioning we'll call it of mormonism um to where you are now is just it's mind-blowing you know i remember when like when i first met you guys and you like sat down and you're like oh yeah we were mormon and and we're doing this kind of stuff now i was like we're gonna have to have a chat because that is the leaps that it takes to go from one side to the other are just like the bravery that takes is incredible. It's just amazing. Thank you so much. I I feel like my comment on that would be, um, yes, it does. And many people have commented about 
the changes that we've made um, and actually kind of baffled by yeah. it. Um, but I will say yeah. that having done one thing, I, I was really, even in Mormonism, I really was connected to spirit and the mysteries, you know, mm. of God or whatever you want okay. to call it. And um, so when I wasn't gaining any spiritual evolution for like 10 years, I was like, what? Was in Mormonism? Yeah. In more, I just felt stuck. Yeah. You know? like nothing was happening. Yeah. And I just, ugh, there's just so much programming there. But so I stayed, it took me a long time to finally mm -hmm. get out. But um, when I, when I did, I was like, my whole thing of leaving the church was, okay, God, if there's more to life that you want me to see, here you go. And I put all my beliefs on the table. I said, mm -hmm. you know, even if there yeah. was a God or not, I just put it all on there and said, okay, it's all up for grabs. Show me what you got. And that was an invitation yeah. to, to like, see if there's true magic. And, um, uh, and I really saw that happen in my life. And so what I did was because I made that sort of challenge to the universe, mm -hmm. my, um, my goal has been that each time I feel prompted to make a change that I'm going to do it. And so yeah. that's been my guiding through. Because it worked out so well for you that time. It's been yeah. so fucking hard though. Like it, I have spent yeah. so many days crying, rolling around on my floor, um, trying to deal with my my life and how it's altering and all that stuff. That uh, yeah, sometimes I yeah. want to give up, but it has been truly. It has paid mm -hmm. off in dividends that I didn't think mm -hmm. were possible. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's, it's interesting that you said when you were Mormon, you actually did feel a, a pretty strong connection to, to God. So how has that shifted for you since you've left the church? Do you still, are you still naming divine God or do you say the universe? What is your, what is your connection like now? And how has that kind of shifted for you? It's, it's shifted so much like in Mormonism, the, the God you worship is a, is a man that sits, you know, it's like a, an exalted man, like a, um, be another human that's exalted on some other planet mm -hmm. and, you know, essentially created all of these spirit children. And, you know, he, he sort of exists in the universe and isn't the universe, if that makes sense. So okay. you have a still separate concept because like, what is space and time and what is the universe? And then there's this God figure you worship inside of it. And, um, right. you know, and so, and he is of course white and all that stuff. And, and then not that they're racist, Mormons are racist per se, but it's just, that's the tradition that's been handed down. Um, right. and you, then you believe in white Jesus and, and all the things about right. you know, Jesus dying for our sins and all that stuff. So all that, mm -hmm. um, Christian, Christian sort of worship and theology, um, I had to, in the devil, that was another big part of it. Um, I had to like shift out of all of that slowly. And it was actually yeah. the Mormon scriptures that helped me to do the very first part of that. Um, there was, oh, a, okay. when I was kind of starting my leaving, I used to, to get high and read the scriptures because I got a lot more insights from them. Um, and so I, uh, I love I that. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, it was great. Um, and so I remember reading a verse and it hit me like, Oh, I've never thought about God as like everything. I've always thought about God as the light and a person, you know, that has, it's like, 
the same human concept sort of projected onto God. Um, yeah. And I was reading the scripture and I'm like, oh, I've never thought of it. And this was a scripture that basically said, like, I'm everything. I'm the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows and the, um, you know, in and through all things, surrounding all things. And it's like the force, right? Like, it's like, oh, yeah, that that makes more sense. Like, God is um, omnipresent. So whatever God is, this consciousness, um, it's everything. Yeah. It's in everything. And so that mm-hmm. was one of the first things that helped me to, like, shift that. So I've shifted God concept to, like, really, um, I don't even know, like, the concept, the word God. I don't use that word very often. And so yeah, it carries so much over you know meanings and Mm -hmm. just it's overloaded with terms and ideology and stuff so i typically um i my worship and my connection is mostly turned to my higher self so when Mm -hmm. i pray or when i'm trying to connect with the higher beings um typically i'll start with my higher self and then i can i i I will talk to anybody you know like in in my prayers I'll, i'll i might talk to jesus but i I rarely do, but I might talk to like other beings that I don't even know their names. I'm just invoking their help. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. that's a, a way of doing that. So I, it's a very different worship now. Of course, all that Mormonism would be considered apostate because um, you don't worship mm-hmm. anybody but God or Jesus. Um, right. So, yeah. So that's changed a lot. And, um, and, you know, I feel, I feel more connected to just the energy of life. And I think that's a big part of being yeah. human is like just connection to how the energy is flowing through you, through your family and allowing that to happen and finding that my spiritual practice in, is not related to a specific being per se, but it's just related mm-hmm. to like, how am I living my life? And I am I in check with flow and the energy of the planets and things like that? Mm. Wow. Yeah. So it's, much bigger, much more all-encompassing connection to divinity now. Yeah. And also, I'm guessing, I mean, I'm not Mormon and I never was, but I'm guessing that the divinity that you worshipped at that time in your life was also, like, judgmental and shameful. And is that accurate? Like, if you didn't do things exactly by the book... Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, then you, it's weird because yeah. they teach you an unconditionally loving God. I mean, that's like in the scriptures, so you'll read mm-hmm. it and they teach you about it. But then you, you also read in mm-hmm. the same chapters, you'll, this God that, you know, casts judgment down and like punishment, right? And, mm-hmm. and yeah. so that is a huge sort of dis- dissonance within the scriptures, um, not just the, mm-hmm. the Bible, but the Book of Mormon and the Mormon scriptures as yeah. well. So uh, it, it's really interesting to step, I had to step away from that, right? All the judgment and the shame and everything is like commandments, commandments, commandments. Fair commandments. Hell. You've got yeah. to obey the commandments. Like, you know, the, the Mormon pre- prophet, president, they would always sit there and say, keep the commandments or else you're, you're sinful and you can't go to the temple and all this stuff. So it was really mm. like a bunch of living making sure like you're doing everything exact or else you'd feel guilty and unworthy. Oh man. Which is kind of what keeps people there. Right. Um, like that's yeah, intentional. Fear, right. Fear is a retractive yeah. energy. So you don't move when you're yeah. stuck in fear. 
Right. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, shedding those belief systems, for sure. Yeah. And so another thing that you said that kind of jumped out at me, you said earlier that when you're playing specific instruments that gives you connection to specific entities or like you said, ancestors with the bowls or things like that has, has your experience with sound healing expanded your, um, connection to divinity or to, you know, other entities outside of your higher self. Yeah, absolutely. Cause, um, another thing that, side by side as I was awakening, I came across Dr. Stephen Greer and he is the, mm -hmm. I would call him like the, the awakening, the, the lead um, guy in, in like connecting with um, ETs or non-terrestrials. Um, and he has dedicated his life to it. His life's work is 40 years of building this protocol he calls CE5, which is stands for close encounters of the fifth kind. And it's where instead of That's humans, um, having contact made to them in some way, you know, first, second, third, or fourth kind, is that we reach out and, co and can connect with them through meditative practice and protocol mm -hmm. that is developed with them. And so um, that yeah. became something I was super interested in right from the get-go. And you knowing that, you know, connecting with other beings, it's just a matter of doing it here, just a thought away. Um, in my practice mm -hmm. connecting with divine entities, um, and I think we're all obviously divine, but you know, specifically um, those that are, are uh, that help heal. Um, I, I, uh, I remember early on when people would share their, because um, I would go in and I would open up a room and I would do the things that I was learning and practicing and trying them out. Mm -hmm. And I had no expectation of how things were gonna happen or whatever. And, um, and, you know, hearing the stories after sound baths of people like, oh, I, I, you know, I was taken to an alien world and I was dancing with alien, you know, like all these types of experiences people would share and I'm just like blown away. And, 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 uh, and so that helped me connect deeper with, oh, like they hear my intention. They know that I'm really trying to do this work of helping people connect with them, themselves helping people have self-realization yeah. experiences, helping people realize the divinity and light and infiniteness within. Um, and they yeah. see that genuineness. And I think that spirit works with, with the genuine, it's like a measure of our genuineness, our authenticness. And the more that we turn that genuine, um, genuineness of an experience, our intentions pure, and that we're acting authentically, the more that we do that, the more magic we can you know harness within life yeah well and on that same vein i know you have four children have you done a lot of sound healing with them and then gotten feedback from their their little brains that are not as you know conditioned as ours are for sure um yeah yeah in fact uh younger people typically will have more of the visuals They'll have like uh, oh, really? colors and, and fractals and stuff. And so that's pretty yeah. common with younger folk, um, just the kids and stuff, because they, they're just more in tune. They don't have all the filters, right? They're going to go yeah. on. So it's really cool. But yeah, my kids have been um, good. I have like, so the fourth 
the fourth one only came like almost two years ago and she's she's yeah. too little to like work with but yeah. um i have done sound with her to help her calm down at times oh i love um, that but my my daughter my oldest daughter she's she's like uh really into energy stuff and she really likes the sound oh, healing and I so she that. connects with it deeply my other two boys they are um they're they're kind of so when we left mormonism we had some issues with neighbors and like being mm. rejected and all that stuff yeah. so it's been hard on them and mm. in a way they've kind of sort of pushed spiritual things not completely away but you know for them right now it's not it's not a big important thing in their life like it is my little daughter um but uh but but you know so they won't always when i invite them but they do will hey dad will you play for me tonight and i can help them sleep because their minds might be racing or you know they watched a scary movie or something (laughs) (laughs) that that assistance to help them go to sleep and it works like a charm every time just oh my god someone is having an issue with sleep i i just need like three instruments and i can put them to bed it's good to know. I should start learning sound healing before I have kids. <laughs> yeah, sound healing, especially the Tibetan bowls. Those things are just, they're just amazing. Yeah. And those were the ones that I experienced myself. And I think that was on, was that on day two or three of yeah, it's like day, two day two or three where like my anxiety was super high because we hadn't really gotten into too much yet so i was just like what's gonna happen i don't know how to handle all this and you're like just like lay down for a second i was like okay and then yeah yeah, walked away feeling like a new person you what let me calm you down a little bit (laughs) yeah yeah it was so helpful and um why don't you share a little bit about how people can work with you um so i'm on instagram that's like pretty much the only social media i use um veritas.sounds veritas mm-hmm. is uh is a latin word for um truth truth or truthful mm-hmm. so true sounds yeah. it sounded cool <laughs> uh so veritas.sounds and yeah i do um so i do group sessions private sessions and i'm doing a shamanic sound journey on the 18th just here at my home with a few people um, mm. it's a local thing. I don't ever, I don't do them virtually cause I don't have the equipment for it yet, but I also kind of don't like virtual sound healing. Um, I think yeah. I personally love being in the presence of the instruments and, um, wouldn't yeah. want anybody else to experience it any other way. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, so, so on the shamanic sound journey, my, my plan is to just, you know, offer, um, more than just a sound healing you know, where people come and, and they might like sit and lay for an hour and then have a sharing time for 30 minutes. That's a typical sound bath. But what I'm offering mm-hmm. is um, an opportunity for people to, to go deeper. You know, it's actually a lot, some of the stuff that I'm doing is inspired by ISTA because ISTA really makes you uh, vulnerable, right? And, yeah. and, you know, like being vulnerable allows you to connect with yourself. And if you can connect with yourself, you mm-hmm. can connect with other people deeper. And that is the key to our awakening because if we don't have connection, then we're not connected. We're just not connected here. So our mm-hmm. relationships are a perfect example of what our own relationship with, with ourself is. Um, and so, uh, and so, yeah, like, 
my goal is to, to create some opportunity for people to be vulnerable. And then um, after we've had some vulnerability and some shares and things like that, I will walk them through a journey. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm thinking I might invite ancestors in and things like that. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, this is my first time doing a shamanic uh, ritual with, with people, so I'm excited to do it. Hmm. And I know you said that you're you're not crazy about virtual sound healing and things like that. How does that change the frequency or things like that? Because like if you had a membership or something, I'm sure that would be so valuable to people. Is there is there some breakdown in in uh, the way that it all works when you're over when you're when you've recorded it? Um, it, the recordings are, can actually be pretty good. Um, it's when you're doing it over like a, a web feed where the audio is. So there's there's like three different areas where the, the audio can be distorted. So the first one is the microphone mm-hmm. that picks up the sound. The second one is the digitization of the sound, um, and then and so there's some degradation yeah. there in the transmission, and then. Yeah, the trends, so I guess there's four, because transmission as well. And then finally, the uh, how the sound is reproduced on the other end. So mm-hmm. if people had, like, you know, headphones, really high-quality headphones, and I had some really good mics, you could solve most of those problems, right? And so, uh, yeah. th- but there's still, the main thing is when you're having a sound healing is to not have distractions of other types of sounds mm-hmm. or, you know, things happening mm-hmm. in the background. And you can get some of that with, uh, um, you know, like let's say there's static or noise in the web feed and that causes, you know, disruption or the frequencies are too low. And so they end up just like popping through the speakers on the other side. So there's all that type of stuff that I wouldn't want a person to experience because it's super distracting. It's difficult Um, to account for. Yeah. Yeah. So there are, like I said, you could do it with like headphones and really good mics. So. I'd get rid of most of the problem. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, that's, I mean, I'd love to maybe do something like that when I have more money to, to get all the equipment I'd want. Um, and yeah, so, but right now it's all just in person. Nice. Oh, I was, I was going to ask, do you ever see in a sound bath, the trauma come up for people or is it usually such a, are the, the frequencies more healing and calming than like excavating, if that makes sense? Like do they, does it sometimes bring up emotions for people? Do they cry or anything like that? Or is it, is it more just uh, Zen kind of experience? Um, definitely will bring stuff up. Uh, not all the okay. time. Um, crying is a common thing when um, you're having. Uh, I see that more on one-on-one sessions, um, but mm. I've definitely seen people okay. like have trauma come up, um, mm-hmm. and then I'll I'll use if I see that I'll typically use my drum to try and move it, and you know just working with that energy that's coming up, mm. like I want to just move it out, right? So. Um, so that's the thing. Yeah, it's it's real. Like this is a real tool of healing. So um, it's actually, I think, yeah. a beautiful tool for healing because it so closely resembles meditation, right? Meditation, we're sitting in silence 
mm-hmm. slow the brain wave down. And that's basically what you're doing. You're just trying to slow your brain waves down in meditation. That's Dr. Joe Dispenza's like whole philosophy mm-hmm. and teaching. And when you get it clear yeah. enough, there's enough movement of energy through the body, through the chakras, and the brainwave states, right? You can have mystical experiences. Same thing with sound, but it just gets you there a little faster because um, you're using the you're using the sound as a way to guide the meditation, and um, mm-hmm. and so it's and and also because of the sound, uh, you'll get those binaurals and the alpha waves, the theta waves, and can get you really deep quickly. And that's not to say that like meditation can't get you there. I think they're the same mm-hmm. thing in my mind, like a meditation and a sound healing are the exact same thing. They're just a different sort of spin on it. Um, but yeah. Like, yeah, but like most, like Joe Dispenza, for example, all of his meditations use sound now. They're not just, you know, and they're, and they're specifically oh, okay. designed sounds through the meditation that help you deepen your state. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I've read a few of his books, but I haven't I haven't done any of the meditations. I think you can purchase them for, you know, 40 bucks or something like that oh, to yeah. listen to they're over intense. and over again. They're intense. If you it's haven't done them yet, you should. Yeah. They're, they're so yeah. Like they're very okay, intense. You'll you'll, uh, you'll be you'll be shocked. <laughs> I mean, some of his meditations are Really? Open. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in, in doing more meditation, more subconscious work, because I've done a good amount, but I feel like um, I just need to go a little bit deeper. Like, I want to explore hypnotherapy more, and I should probably explore sound healing more, and all those things, because it's, it's, uh, there's a lot there, <laughs> you know? There's so much there. It's a lot to process and work through all the time. So it seems like it's never ending. Yeah. Which is like, can be difficult. I I was talking about this to my friend, Emily, who was on the podcast last week. And it's like, sometimes you just wish you could go back to sleep. You know, sometimes after a spiritual awakening, you're just like, damn, it's rough being aware of all of these things, you know, generational trauma, like my own trauma, I mean, spiritual expansion. It's just, Limiting it just feels like it's never yeah. ending. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah never, never, it's just so many layers and you're just trying to heal yourself and like, let your authentic self be. And Mm-hmm. Just keep yeah it's so interesting you know places like ista though is like tore through so much in a week yeah oh i know which is why it felt so confronting you know like i feel like most of the classes or courses or memberships that i've signed up for have been over several months or a year to like unpack all of this stuff little by little and then to have all of that just packaged into one week was like holy shit Mm -hmm. it's wild it's wild you know (laughs) so wild 
Well, thank you so much for coming on today. This conversation was amazing. Um, and if you want to remind people where they can find you and I want to wish you well on your journey of finding a new place to inhabit the world, <laughs> wherever you guys go, it, they're going to be so lucky to have you. Oh, well it's, yeah, we don't know yet. We'll find out. Um, that, yeah, that's an exciting time to, to just sell everything and kind of go, go travel. Um, but yeah, so Veritas.sounds on Instagram and, you know, um, I do post uh, a lot of my spiritual philosophy, so I do reels and things like that as well, mm -hmm. talking about my journey. Um, you can hit, hear all about my journey yeah. on there, so. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Jay. It's great seeing you. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I hope it sparked inspiration and expanded your consciousness. Please remember to rate, like, and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you have any comments or questions, please feel free to reach out. You can find me at jadeparis.co online or jadeparis.co on Instagram and TikTok. If you have a desire to work with me, you can find my orgasmic manifestation course my sex magic membership called the Quantum Eroticism Coven, as well as one-on-one -on -one coaching packages on my website. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful for you and sending you so much love. Until next time.